Hello, everyone. This is the Basic Latest Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday. It's not a Friday. It's Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Nez, and today we've got some games to talk about. I've got the Eternal Cylinder, Crown Trick, Red Ronin, Echo Generation, Phoenix Point, Bats, Bloodsucker, Anti-Terror Squad, and YouTubers Life 2. And I want to get right to it with the Eternal Cylinder, which is the latest game from the Ace team. I don't even know, do you pronounce it Ace? Or do you just say A-C-E? Either way, I'm going to call them the Ace team. They are known for the Rock of Age series and the Xenoclash series. And if you check out or look at any screenshots of the Eternal Cylinder, you'll see the familiar surreal visual vibes right off the bat, especially in comparison to Xenoclash. Rock of Ages had its own style and was more so hearkening on actual real-world art and having fun with that, whereas Xenoclash and the Eternal Cylinder get really weird and wacky, and it's it makes for a very entertaining world to explore, and that's what you're doing in the Eternal Cylinder. You play as this little creature who isn't really strong, doesn't really have any great characteristics, but they are resilient. They're kind of like a cockroach. They just survive. They are stubborn, and they just find ways to adapt to their environment, and adapt they will by collecting maybe the the shit of another creature and eating it. And then they'll maybe get stronger legs that allow them to jump higher. And, and these creatures initially are just these round ball-like things with little tiny legs and long snouts that I've seen compared to Qbert, and that makes more sense. That checks out also. It's another video game property. But my first thought, hear me out. If you've seen this, I feel like anyone listening to this podcast has surely seen this movie, but if you remember this creature, because it was just in one scene, I think. But in Fifth Element... At one point, I believe it is when Gary Oldman's character is choking on the olive that he was eating after drinking his little drink, talking to the priest. He starts choking, and he's trying to find something that'll get him to stop choking. He's pressing all these buttons, robots spinning around, little vacuum robot or whatever's freaking out. There's another thing freaking out, and nothing is coming to aid him. And if the priest didn't come and give him a nice big pat on the back, He probably would have died there. He probably would have died and the movie would have been over. But he did pat him on the back. However, in that period, there was a little creature on Gary Oldman's desk that's like skin tone, I guess. White skin tone. I shouldn't just say skin tone. Like white's the only skin tone. It was like a a very pale skin tone, fleshy uh, looking thing. And it had a long snout. And that is uh, is also what... uh, Gary Oldman, when he spit out his little olive, he spit it out in that thing's face. But that is what I first thought of to get to the fucking point already. That's what I thought the creatures looked like. But the whole conceit of the game is that there is this giant eternal cylinder that is constantly rolling forward and pushing you to yourself move forward. Otherwise, you're going to get smushed by this giant roller, essentially. And 
There will be points where you can go through these towers that will heed the progress of the cylinder for a period of time, basically so that you can explore this small section of an environment and then hit a story point that will then trigger the cylinder to start moving again until you do this all over again. So it is a very linear survival game. And the survival aspects are very minimal. I think you're really just worrying about cold and your hunger to a point. They they didn't really get in the way a lot, which I appreciate because the joy of the Eternal Cylinder is just being in this world and discovering new creatures, seeing how you can interact with them, because a lot of them will be hostile and want to kill you. And you'll also be running into other, I forget, you're like Trembers or something. That's the name of the creature you play as. And you will run into more throughout your playthrough. Some will be kind of sickly and exhausted, and you need to use these sparkly stones that collect and become full-on like bricks of this material to wake up essentially some trembers others you will find in eggs that you have to put in these little contraptments to warm them up and hatch them and they'll all become a part of your group and you can switch between them and i believe with most of your like survival traits that you gain through consumption of various things in the world so if you eat a fish it will and they have like i don't know if it's a lightning bolt but there is a signifier that shows you that this current thing in your inventory will provide you with some kind of new ability some kind of new trait and so if you eat this one fish you'll get webbed feet that allow you to swim faster and jump high out of water if you eat these hairy little things you'll grow fur and it'll allow you to better adapt or better handle cold weather and cold environments there are these tentacle things in the water that if you ate those what did that thing do i think that was the one that made you real thick you became a thick boy then and you could carry more things in your inventory because by default you can only carry you have three slots i believe and that uh, this particular trait gave you five but in, in some cases like that one there are other traits that you can get that will change your form and therefore give you the ability to do something else but take away another ability so this thing made you really big but this one only affected one of the trembers and so there are certain traits that you can you know switch between your characters to have like okay this is going to be my my workhorse my my uh traveling warehouse so that tremor is just going to be that then this one, I'm going to transform them into a square, which allows them to interact with certain objects and devices in the world. And, and that's basically just what the game is. You're exploring this world. Moving forward, you have a little narrator that is telling you the story. And, and it's pretty uh, generous with information and tips and stuff like that. And it's just fun. It's a nice, simple little thing. What I, I think maybe a turn on for some people is just the fact that it is on the lighter side in terms of all the survival aspects of it. But really the selling point for me is just the the world itself and the characters within it, the creatures you're playing as, seeing how they change when you find new things that will trigger an, uh, a new adaptation or whatever. 
and the the kooky creatures in the world. There's, a, there's this one creature in the first area that is like a a giant ball, a giant hairy ball, I think. I don't, I don't know if it was that hairy. It might have been a little hairy or maybe not hairy at all. But when you see it from a distance, it just looks like a harmless ball. But you get closer, you'll see that there's a little slit coming from the bottom up about halfway point. And it's basically just a giant mouth. Think of it like a giant Homer mouth with a lot of, with like the teeth you see in a, a alligator tabletop game that they have a dentist office where you're just pushing down teeth until the freaking alligator snaps you up. And that thing will eat you up real fast. And there's just a lot of, there's a lot of great creature design in this. The art stands out. It is the standout of this game. And Ace continues to show that they are one of the most creative teams working out there. And I hope this gets some kind of audience that people do give this a go and check it out because I want nothing more than for Ace to be able to continue making games because for my money, they're one of the more interesting developers out there. I love the Rocket Ages games. I love the Xenoclash games. And I really, really like the Eternal Cylinder. Then we've got Crown Trick, which is a very traditional rogue light in the way gameplay and just the way the game works. And what I mean by that is, and this may not even be the, the case, but when I think of really traditional rogue-ish games, I'm not thinking the more action-centric games more real-time action-centric games like Rogue Legacy and Dead Cells, Hades, etc. I'm thinking stuff like, this is the first one that comes to mind just because I really loved it and they talked about bringing it to consoles and never did. I believe it was called Dungeons of Dreadmore, but it is an over-the-top grid-based system where you move one space or, or, or perform one action and then all the enemies in a room will move one space to perform one action. So everything is moving one action at a time across a grid-based environment. And what this allows is, one, for anyone who has a problem with frantic gameplay to not have to worry about that. And it also gives you the ability to better strategize how you're going to tackle a situation. And you can skip your turn, so you can stay in position, push in the right analog stick and that'll get all the other creatures and whatnot to move in a space while you do nothing uh, you know which could be beneficial at times and between rooms you, you have certain abilities like the ability to like dash through things to avoid hazards like fire or a gap in the ground uh, and you get three uses of that per room I believe is the case and then the action is the same. It's all it's all turn based, but the mechanics all work really well. There are a lot of weapons with a lot of different traits that you should pay attention to. You shouldn't just go for the weapon with the highest damage because there are so many traits that could be more beneficial than just raw damage. Like a weapon could have an area effect thing, and then a secondary trait that when you do your little dash jump thing, you'll have a shield. For the next five turns and a shield will i believe prevent 50 percent of the damage from incoming so instead of taking 10 damage from an attack you would take five and so on or, or, or a weapon could 
have a 40% chance of paralyzing enemies if you hit two at the same time. If it's a long like lance type of weapon that shoots just forward, uh, if there are two enemies right in front of each other, you can use that to your your benefit. But that that's pretty much the the crux of the gameplay. You're this young woman, I believe, and you're going through these dungeons rescuing people who come back to your little home area that will then allow you to get some permanent upgrades like uh, uh, upgrades for your health flask that give you more uses per run that allow it to heal more damage uh, give you know give you more health and yeah it's just it's a very traditional row game and i am all for it i love this type this type i love this type of rogue game i like this turn-based setup and it works really well here it's responsive it uh can be a little weird at times when enemies are performing longer actions or the ranged attackers like archers who are, are quite prominent in the first area and they will shoot at you but when that happens that means if you are moving really quickly you'll be like wait it's not allowing me to move. And that's because it's waiting for their action to finish. So they will shoot their arrows. The arrows will go up in the sky, off screen, and then they'll come down to the designated spaces. But uh, yeah, it looks really, really good. It has some great art. Great, great, great art. That was a thing that stood out first and foremost. I just saw the artwork and I thought, man, this is a good looking game. Then I saw the gameplay and I was like, ooh, this looks like my jam. And it, it's... Good. It's it's another good game too for small bite-sized runs because you can do a run that won't take that long. I don't think you can save in the middle of a run, which is a bit of a bummer. But I haven't. I don't feel like runs are that long. That that would be much of a problem. You're not gonna be doing a run for over an hour. I don't think. But yeah, if you are a fan of Rogue Lights. And want something that's a bit slower paced, or if you are a fan of these types of games, if you play these games in the past. Because I'm trying to think of some more recent examples. I think there were the Quest for Dungeon. I don't think there were multiple. I was gonna say the Quest for Dungeon games. I think there's just the one Quest for Dungeon game, which is like a five dollar game on Xbox Live uh, for Xbox One. But other than that, what the hell else has there been? It's really been way more in favor of the action-centric stuff like Dead Cells and Hades and all that in the rogue genre. And it's hard to think of games that follow this more traditional sense. I mean, the the Etrian Odyssey games, while in first person, are very similar in terms of the way they are structured. So if you've played those games or, or the what, Legends of Grimrock games, basically the same thing it's just in, instead of it being first person it's an over-the-top view but uh those are some other examples of games that are of this ilk and i'm all for them i love these types of games i wish we got more of them i wish the etrian odyssey games would i don't know what the hell is that series still exists like what is there not one on switch there should be one on switch if there isn't one on switch what the hell is taking so long i'd be all over that that would definitely get me to play my switch Though I'd, I'd, I'd want to switch light for that. 
Anywho, that is again Crown Trick, and it is very pretty and just a good time. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward, highly recommended. Then Red Ronin is a sliding puzzle game where you are a ninja killing fools, and it's a good time. It's another good time. Look at all these good times. But Red Ronin is a sliding puzzle game in that you know those games where you are moving a piece around a space and there will be obstacles here and there and you're trying to find the order in which you can move the thing so that you can reach the exit. And you're just doing that. That's what this is. But in the way of you getting to your destination, so you'll enter a floor of a building, for example, and you'll want to get to the elevator or the stairs or whatever. And instead of you just having to slide around here and get to that point, there will be enemies and traps and stuff like that in your way, which in some cases require you to be very quick in your in your actions. So there is a bit of memorization involved in it, depending on the level and how elaborate they are. So you're going to have to do very quick movements like up, down, up, down, left, 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 right, or whatever. That's a terrible example. You would never press left, 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 left over and over and over again. You would never press the same direction two times in a row in a game like this because it would lead to nothing. But in addition to just sliding around and attacking them, you automatically attack them when you hit them. And if you get close to them, if you get next to them, they will attack you. So you have to make sure that you don't stop in a place where they will end up right next to you because then they'll kill you and you'll have to start over the level from the very beginning. But in addition to just sliding around and attacking enemies by sliding into them, there are a few traits you have at your disposal. One is the slowdown mechanic, which will slow down the enemies for one. I think it's just one turn. So enemies won't be able to act for that one turn. And that will allow you to slide next to an enemy and then immediately do another slide either into them or away from them uh, to avoid what would have been a killing blow on the receiving end, or a tactics view, which allows you to alter the environment in a way that makes it so that if you would have slid all the way to the end of a room, to the wall, and that would have been a trap, or that would have been something that would lead to your death, or just would not have helped your progress in any way. You can place a new action point in the direction you're, you're planning to move and then rotate where that action point will then move you when you hit it. So you can have it set up where once you hit this action point in the middle of a line, it'll change your trajectory and make you go up instead of all the way to the right. And that could lead you to the exit to a, specific point that will better uh, position you to get to the exit and so on. And that's pretty much the the gist of the gameplay. It's a sliding puzzle game with a ninja theme on top of it where you're killing a bunch of fools and it's a good time. Uh, there are, have been games like this in the past. There was one, I can't remember what it was called. It was like Slay Away Camp, maybe. There was one that was like Friday the 13th themed where you were basically Jason but not you know actually Jason because they would have gotten sued for that that was very similar and also pretty good I like it I dig it 
The Necro Generation is a turn-based RPG that has very, 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 very pretty voxel art. I really, 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 really like the look of it. And it is definitely taking a lot from Stranger Things. And I'm not against that. While having a game that is set up like the South Park RPGs or the Costume Quest RPGs. I thought more of Costume Quest just because I've played and beat both of those games and I've just dabbled in the South Park games. But I feel like from what I remember of the South Park games, it is of that same milk. But you're, you know, going around in your little town, grouping up with your friends, fighting monsters. Initially, you're just fighting some raccoons. But uh, things get crazier, things get kookier. And it's just a, a nice, simple turn-based RPG with great art and a fun story that is really good for this time of year. And I believe, I believe, one, this game comes out tomorrow officially, and uh, I believe it will be in Game Pass. So there's no barrier to entry if you are an Xbox player. But if you want something simple that fits this time of year, I highly recommend checking it out. The combat is very, very, very simple. And why I thought of Costume Quest is that the way it works is you have your basic attack and then various skills. You, for instance, your character will get skills by collecting comic books or whatever that give you certain hockey-themed attacks, like a body check or, the, or a slap shot. And the way they work is that you will select that particular action, that attack, and instead of just watching it play out, to give you some control over the power of the attack or to just give you something to do, basically. When a little thing happens on screen, they'll want you to press a button to go along with it, and if you hit it at the right time, you'll do extra damage or do a critical attack. So with your basic attack, a little sword comes up on screen, press the attack button at the same time, boom, extra damage. When you do your body check, you'll have a little like traffic light thing with red lights. When they all turn green, hit that button, boom, critical hit, a whole bunch of damage. Uh, nice, simple, pretty, highly recommended, Echo Generation. Check it out. Always good games. Man, can you believe it? There's so many good games this week. You know, it, it had to come to an end at some point, right? And it starts with Phoenix Point, which isn't a bad game. It isn't a bad game, but it is a little bit finicky, and that was a bit disappointing. But Phoenix Point is basically an XCOM game where you are playing as this group of whatever, space marines. I don't know what the hell you are. You're, you're a tactical group. You got your big guns, and you're fighting against aliens and alien creatures, and these ones that can spit onto you and mind control your teammates and then you have to shoot them off the heads but it's got a nice amount of strategy to it the gameplay is solid one of the interesting things about it is that the the bullets and everything are actually modeled in the game i guess so things are a bit more realistic and every bullet is an actual physical part of the world uh, and, and when you are attacking enemies you can just do a base attack It'll just shoot them and do whatever damage. Or you can focus on body parts to either heed their movement, 
make them not able to use this weapon or this ability, etc. And it it's pretty good, but there are aspects of it that annoy me. One, the cover system just seems... The cover system at times feels like it's impeding you more than protecting you. Where I, f I feel like I'm just I'm incapable of doing anything behind cover. Of actually getting a shot off or getting a, a line of sight on an enemy. And I guess to some extent that makes sense. But it was a little frustrating. And then in some outdoor environments when you have vehicles at your disposal that have powerful weapons but they can't be reloaded like other things once you use their weapons they're done your vehicle and i guess this would just be too op but find a better way of making like you can't run over enemies with your vehicles if you run anywhere near or drive near enemies and try to drive through them in however way you want to whether you're doing like some weird direction like you will just drive around them that i kind of checked out after that because that really pissed me off because it was just a super silly what the fuck why why don't let me don't let me move this vehicle as much as i can maybe don't let me like drive it around because you can you can move it pretty long distances do something that prevents me from getting in that position or whatever because you can drive through buildings and certain objects in the environment that will do a bit of damage and it looks cool when that happens but the fact i couldn't run over an enemy really annoying i hated that i hated that a whole bunch but i've only dabbled in the game it's opened up a lot more now and there, there's stuff to uh discover but i do i do think it's worth checking out if you're a fan of xcom and i believe it is from the original xcom creators so uh it's got quite the pedigree behind it. And, and like the, the, the combat is, is solid. And the game has translated well to controller, which is where I play it on Xbox. But it's just, it can be a little finicky. And uh, I want to play more to see if that finicky-ness continues or not. Then Bat's Bloodsucker Anti-Terror Squad is a side-scrolling action platformer that I think wants to be something along the lines of uh, Katana Zero and that type of game, but it's nowhere near as good. The core gameplay is solid. It's it's decent, but it doesn't feel as good and as tight as something like Katana Zero. But what really kills it for me, you start off as just... So you're this group of like vampires or whatever. I don't know. Uh, you start off as just... I don't know if it's, it's Count Dracula... But you start off as just like a basic vampire. And when you clear the the first area, you'll be given the option to unlock one of the four additional characters. And you continue doing this until you unlock all of them. Uh, and you can choose any order to unlock them. I unlocked the Blade-looking dude first because, of course, he's Blade. Blade's fucking awesome. They all play pretty much the same, though. But the problem with the game is that and gameplay is pretty simple. You have a basic attack. You can do a basic jump. Or if you hold the jump button, you'll jump up like two floors. And you can smash through weak ceilings. If you hold down at the A button, the, the jump button, 
you'll break through ground that is weak. And if you have blood in you, on you, whatever you, you can do a little dash avoidance uh, ability. You can do a little like lunge head decapitation attack, which will then let you carry around the head to throw at other enemies. And if you collect enough blood to fill out your meter completely, you'll transform into oh. I just realized you like the Dracula. You turn into like a wolf thing. You know, you're not the wolf man. Why didn't you turn into like a? I guess a, a, a bat would just be weird, and, and a wolf makes more sense. That's weird. Uh, but that's basically the gist of gameplay. The problem is the blood that I speak of is kind of important to using your abilities. And by kind of, I mean it is what you need in order to use certain abilities, like your little short dash to avoid enemy attacks or hazards in the environment. The problem with the fucking blood system, and I hate it because I want to play this game fast-paced. I want to play it where I'm just in the flow. I'm in the, the vibe. I'm just vibing. I'm vibing with the game. And everything's flowing real nice. And you can you can kind of do that. But to do that, you have to sacrifice the blood system. You have to just ignore it. Because when you attack an enemy and they drop blood, you don't immediately pick it up. It has to take like one to two seconds to coagulate or whatever the fuck it's doing before you can pick it up. The same when you smash an object that has blood in it. You have to wait if you want to collect the blood. If you just keep moving forward, if you want to stay in that flow state, you're going to miss all the blood. You're not going to pick any of it up. And it'll dissipate after, I don't know, five seconds or so, it'll disappear. And this system kills the game for me. Because then I'm having to decide whether or not I choose to engage in the blood system or just move at the pace I want to. And the fact that I have to make that choice annoys me because I don't, I don't feel like the game wants that. I don't think the game wants me to ignore the, the, the blood system, but in order for me to enjoy the game, I have to because waiting around after attacking the enemy so that the blood can coagulate, do whatever it needs to do so that I can pick it up. That's fucking boring. That just slows it down all the time and isn't fun but then moving at the pace I want to ignoring the blood I feel like I'm not playing the game right I feel like I am doing the game a disservice to an extent and and I don't like feeling that way either so the blood system kills the game for me is it going to ruin it for you I don't know I I don't I don't know how stubborn you are as you probably already know I I can be finicky myself you think Phoenix Point can be finicky? Oh boy, I'm MX finicky. Jesus Christ. Then YouTuber's Life 2 is a game about being a YouTuber. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. There's a lot of extra busy work and this open world to explore that is incredibly boring and I don't know why it's there. Uh, it just seems like it's it's getting in the way of doing the YouTube and stuff. And then I think this is just a problem for someone like me who does make videos for YouTube. And I look at this game and I'm like, 
why, why am I doing this and not just making actual YouTube videos? Wouldn't it be more productive to make real stuff instead of in this game? The art's fine. The YouTubing is whatever. You make your videos by responding to a few responses, questions, whatever. It's like, oh, how do you start your video? Do you start it all shy? Do you start it energetically? Okay, here's here's the thing. Do you, do you how do you respond to this? You get like three choices or whatever, and then you put all these clips together. As you play more, you'll get currency and the ability to add special effects to your videos and transitions and stuff like that. And maybe that is fun for younger ones. This this could be really fun for the younger crowd who really likes watching a lot of YouTubers and wants to emulate what they think a YouTuber's life is like. But as a 35-year-old human person who already makes YouTube videos, I found absolutely no joy in this. And I just, I didn't want to deal with it at all. It also just kind of, it didn't make me depressed, but it was just like, oh, God, this is, it kind of made me, or reminded me of why I hate YouTube in some ways. <laughs> But, uh, you know, different strokes for different folks, eh? And I think this is definitely a game geared towards a more younger crowd. I just, I can't promise that a younger crowd is going to enjoy it. But I feel like if you, if you have a kid who really likes watching YouTubers and has shown some interest in the YouTubing thing, but you don't want to actually let them make videos and put them online because that could be uh, a road to disaster. Just watch, watch eighth grade. Great movie. Um, this, this is worth, uh, checking out. But I think, uh, the first one doesn't have all the open world bits. Uh, so the first one might actually be the better option. And why not, why not get the first one first? See how that goes. I'm sure that is cheaper. And if it's not, I'm sure it'll go on sale for cheaper. Because, you know, it's old. It's old! And, uh... Yeah. That one might not have as much stuff to manage. Because this... The whole open world is just like... Why am I here? It's not like there's actually exciting things to do in this open world, so... Yeah. Anywho, that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Ness. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. If you'd like to see me playing games like Apex Legends, doing a lot of that currently, that's probably going to be until the end of the month where I get back to attacking the backlog finally. But until then, Apexing it up, and you can do that over at twitch.tv slash pxsausage. If you'd like to check out the videos I make on the YouTubes, speaking of YouTube, you can go and do that over at youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. And if you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go back to the site, pixelatedsausage.com. And if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, a lovely rest of your week, and an absolutely fantastic weekend.
Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful everything. You wonderful, wonderful person. All right? All right. Adios. Bye.